Admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull up. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? A martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. What they say about the fittest. Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bond Backwards. My name is Agent Anders Holmes and I'm joined by my friend Q, Adam Holmes. What the hell? I don't know, I was trying to... <laughs> what are you... Uh, Anders is going crazy in isolation. Um, yeah, hello. Um, I'm uh, sitting here with lawnmowers going outside, so I apologise for that. Um, but I'm very excited to talk about Be Your Eyes Only because so it is. Only. What's that line? You can see so much of me. But, so much it... of me that's new. Yeah. Yeah. There's, but, not um... very, there's nothing really new in this film, but I tell you what, it is a good, solid yeah. Bond movie. And it is what I think is if you do, if you've got a Roger Moore film, if you're going to make a Roger Moore film, a Roger Moore Bond movie, yeah. make it like this because this is this captures, I think, better than almost any other film from the Roger Moore era, except The Spy Who Loved Me, which is, I think, one of the great Bond films, full stop. Yes. Um, this really captures what the Roger Moore era is trying to do, which is present you with a light-hearted, fun spy story with girls, guns, gadgets, and great locations. And it delivers on all of those things. And it's funny because, unlike... Octopussy, which has a good pre-credit sequence and is a terrible film. This film has a terrible pre-credit sequence and is a good film. And is a good good film, good Bond movie. Yeah, it is. It takes a more sort of... Uh, more Because Moonraker was a very science fiction-y film. And this one takes a bit more of a realistic approach towards its narrative. And is a little bit more gritty in some, in some scenes. It's a bit more... It has kind of the flavor of like early Sean Connery and like sort of the precursor to some of the Timothy Dalton films a little bit, particularly in one scene where uh, Roger Moore commits a act of revenge against uh, Emil Leopold Locke in a car after he had killed an agent who he was in contact with and he kicks his car over over the cliff. And that's a great moment. Yeah, but it's also a scene that Roger Moore didn't want to film i mean he sort of like i understand why bond would do this scene and i understand it's an act of revenge and i understand that i bond would do this but i don't understand why my james bond would do this yeah roger moore loves his james bond he just wants to smoke cigars and be nice but like yeah um, that's not who we that's not what we pay to see uh so i love that bit like i know roger moore 
But, but I think Roger Moore, you, you mentioned before that the, this and Spy Who Loved Me are basically his two favorite films that he made, right? Yeah, out of the two... I think I mean I mean I must he must have enjoyed making them all and I mean apart from a view to a kill I'm not sure how he felt making Octopussy but um I think this one and the spy love me those are his two favorites out of the films that he did. Yeah, and they're also they 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 are the best. So you show I mean the man clearly has some taste yeah. and some sense. Um but the um yeah, the, I mean the, this is um this film is 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 great because it really just revolves around um you know uh, the buying and selling of a piece of technology. So it goes back to uh, the the thing in, you know, the Lecter decoder and For Your Eyes Only. And it's yeah. basically, it's a MacGuffin. Wait, did you, just, yeah. did you just say that in For Your Eyes Only, do you mean from Russia with Love? Uh, from Russia, excuse me, from Russia with Love. But it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a classic MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, it might even be the last true MacGuffin Bond movie um, where it's just like all the characters want to get hold of this one thing. Yeah, the um, the, um, the ATAC, or as I like to call it, the ATAT uh, thing, <laughs> the 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 BB-8, um, rec- you know, laptop doodah. And um, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And you know, we have to remember that this is in the in the Cold War era, where submarines and you know were a big deal. And as we know from Hundred October, it's uh, you know being able to find them is um, important. So yeah. um, so I like that, that you know it, it brings that in, and the plot just it, it is it works really well. You know, you got these these um, uh, Havelock and his family are you know obviously scientists and whatever else, but they're also helping British Secret Service. They get bumped off. We've got a revenge plot with with uh, Carol Bouquet's character Melina Havelock, uh, who also gets um, inadvertently someone to say the best line in the film, which is that you were supposed to interrogate Gonzalez, not allow Miss Havelock to perforate him. Uh, <laughs> which is just fucking great. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, so, and then you've got, you know, Bond gets drawn into this, and then you've got the mistaken identity with the baddies, because you think yeah. it's going to be Topol, and then it turns out to be um, uh, Julian Glover. Julian Glover is like the classic um, uh, just he's another great villain of this era. You know, yeah. it's, it's, he's in the three franchises. He's in this. He's in he's in uh, Star Wars, and he's in the Indiana Jones movies. I think in in so many ways in this movie, James Bond, when he gets you know when he mistakes one of the, he mistakes one guy to being the good guy, and when the other one's the bad guy, and when it's the other way around, I would say he chose poorly. <laughs> oh, that's not a, that's funnier than it should be um <laughs> the um yeah and topol is you could say it was stunt casting but it works i always kind of think like topol is um topol sorry uh topol. he just i don't know there's something when i when he's in the film he reminds me a little bit of karen bay slightly yeah 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 he's he's he is the classic bond friend you know yeah. like someone who Bond immediately sees eye to eye with, gets on with, and can work with, and they form a great partnership. And I think the Bond movies are so often about one man doing it on his own and like saving the world, but often, more often, well, not more often than not, but often he ends up having to be in a team with someone. And that, you know, whether that's Felix Leiter or whether it's, you know, a different actor or a different character, even, sorry. And that, I think, is a really nice touch. And I I really like the the sort of um, Guns of Navarone uh, of aspects that that you know of of the team you know going in at the end of the film to take out the the baddies in their impregnable lair um and so you know it's um it's really enjoyable for that reason um there's a lot of of good 
bad guys in this film. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good bad guys. I like um, what's his name, uh, Julian Glover as Aristotle uh, Christos. Christatos. I think he's a great sort of conniving villain. Yeah, and he's got like what's his name, Hans or whatever the big uh, big dude is called. Um, yeah, the Robert Shaw lookalike. Yeah, I sort of wish. Oh, actually, I've got I've got great casting thing. I'll save that uh, for our oh, it's uh, bit. it's Eric Kriegler. And uh, yeah, so he's good, like the big blonde bastard. And then you've got that locked guy, um, and you know, who looks like a fucking fish. And he kills his Italian friend, which is really terrible. Um, Yeah, and he leaves the little, yeah, Luigi uh, Ferrara, played by John Marino. Ferrara's death is really sad, actually, and you get genuinely quite enraged. And, um, And it's like, yeah, there's this sense of like, the baddies in this you want them to lose you don't like the people they 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 kill off people you care about the mm. film really makes you invest in the revenge missionness of it all yeah um and it's still and in a quite gritty roger moore film it still finds room for lightness and silliness like the chase and the citron and um give us you a know, kiss <laughs> and well i that is that's so so the, the the film begins and ends with two of the stupidest moments in the entire Bond series. And when we come to... to anyway, look. The, the gravestone with We Have All the Time in the World is really nice. Yeah, that is very From nice. From then on in, the pre-credit sequence is a fucking holocaust. <laughs> he drives... He, he's in a helicopter and it gets taken over by... We can only assume Blofeld. Uh, even though we're not allowed to call him Blofeld because of the Kevin McClory yeah. lawsuit, yeah, it's it's not um, it's not it, it's not it, Blofeld, it, it, but it actually is Blofeld. But we can't say that it's Blofeld when it actually is Blofeld. Yeah. So, it, it, and and in the stupidest way possible, um, Blofeld is defeated because he tries. He puts a remote control in Bond's helicopter, which Bond hilariously easily overrides. Yeah. And um, like he literally just flicks a switch. He literally, all he has to do is karate chop himself out of his harness and then flick a switch. Yeah. Like, or whatever he is, he does. He, no, he climbs out of the helicopter. Okay, so it's a little bit difficult. Um, and then he he picks him up and then he drops him down the chimney. But before he does that, Blofeld says, I'll buy you a delicatessen in stainless steel. Which is an in-joke. But what the hell is that doing in the first five minutes of a film that you're trying to get people to watch? I trust and you then they had... they drop him down the chimney. Yeah. I trust you had a pleasant fright. It, it, it's so dumb. And then, fast forward all the way to the end of the film, and you get a Margaret Thatcher impersonator talking to a parrot. <laughs> and, and thinking that the parrot is James Bond. Now, Margaret Thatcher, when she got to her last few years, did have dementia. So she might well have been exhibiting some early forms of that in this conversation with the parrot. You don't know. But the fact that they put Margaret Thatcher in the film is like one of the biggest jump the shark (laughs) moments in the whole franchise. And it is... It is... It does not work. And it is stupid. And so the film begins with putting, like, the film begins by making you eat a spoonful of shit, and then it 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 makes you, um, it makes you regurgitate that spoonful of shit. So you've got shit taste at the end of the film. But that shouldn't obscure the fact that this is a good Bond movie full of yeah. fun action, 
It's got ski chases, for God's sake. Yeah. And it's got that. It's got my favorite bit with the guy who keeps seeing. Like, this is one of my favorite jokes of the Roger Moore era is that one guy who keeps seeing Bond in these ridiculous moments and wondering if it's him. Yeah. Like, if there's something wrong with him or, like, what's happening. Yeah, like, he puts, he, like, he, the wine bottle I don't away. know what it is about this guy's performance, but he's so funny. <laughs> like, his face, every time, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy again. Like, <laughs> He must have like deep psychological problems. It's like I keep seeing this man. So, every... He must be so frightened of going on holiday. It was like, oh, do you want to go skiing? He's like, ah. Yeah, it's a good thing he's on lockdown. Then he can just stay home and be like, ah. And then like fucking Bond just comes through his window and he's like, oh. his... yeah. The um... funniest scene in that chase sequence, in the whole ski chase sequence, is the bit where he's he skis through like this cafe or bar or something, and people are out like socializing and having lunch or something on the ski slopes, and he's skiing across, and there's a shot like of a guy sitting down, and then this waiter, for some reason, when Bond just skis past, he has like this whole tray of food, and she like I think it's a she actually, she like swings around and smacks this tray of food in the guy's face when he's sitting. Really? Down. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've it's just, that. It, because it, there's a moment where the guy's like sitting around, but then he's like, oh shit, because he knows he's gonna get food in his face. There's um, it's also nice to see Charles dance uh, in yeah. the uh, in, in the ski chase sequence. Yeah, one of his one um, of his one of his earlier roles, I think. Also, Carol Bouquet is really good. Um, She's really a great Bond girl. girl. I like her. She's one of my favorites. I think just her. Yeah, the crossbow is great. I mean, she's like a feminine Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I like. I, I mean, <laughs> although I don't really like her. The line at the end of the movie where she says, "For your eyes only, darling." I just think that's a bit. Ugh. Yeah, because it's like. Again, it, with the, we've said this a million times. The Roger Moore films can never resist going like three steps too far. Yeah. It's actually quite interesting. Uh, they, we also get sharks in this film. We do. Uh, I was just getting on to when they did a lot of the underwater sequences, they didn't actually shoot uh, Melina and James Bond underwater with when they sort of did close ups on her. They sort of, because she had like a an operate, I think she had like an ear infection or something. So she couldn't like dive underwater to do a lot of those scenes. So they shot a lot of them on, on sound stages and made it seem like they were underwater and just kind of like the sets behind and things like that and they and they sort of use special effects to make bubbles and stuff so because they couldn't actually put her in the water or anything like that well, it was pretty convincing yeah the um the bit where they go to the sunken ship is actually quite suspenseful with yeah. the robot guy that's quite legitimately um scary in certain moments so good. i like I, I like that a lot good jumpy um, moment with the shark coming out of nowhere yeah, that's right. You get some jump, like some some jumps. It's um, it's good. So it feels it feels like they really. I mean, aside from the beginning and the end, they really do get some stuff right. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole load of sh really nice um, uh, locations. So um, I'll ask the question as I always do: like, where are you going on holiday when all this is over? In this uh, film, Italy, the ski location in Italy. I've never been to Greece. Um, and um, I mean, I think. I often get teased by my wife because she thinks I've got some kind of prejudice against Greek food and Greek culture, um, which I do not. Um, I do not like um, um, some of the ways that they treat um, cuisine, but I'm I'm told that it's very beautiful. And so I'm going to go to some of those Greek islands and mm. swim in the sea and eat seafood and have a jolly, lovely time. Yeah. That sounds cool. I've never, I've never been to Greece either. I think that would be like my number two on the list. Yeah, either. but you can only go to one. So you're going to Italy, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and I will, uh, I'll stick in Greece and we'll, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't go to the monastery of the Holy Trinity on that little hill, on that mountain. Uh, probably not. No, I think I'll stick closer to the coast if that's right. Yeah. 
Also, it should be noted that this was the film where Albert Broccoli became he met uh, Pierce Brosnan because Pierce Brosnan was married to the late Cassandra Harris, who plays the. And camp. that is a sad story that she died so young. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so they yeah, had... no, Brosnan. Um, he sort of there's there's films of there's uh, footage of him at the premiere of this and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So so they, they. That's another. That's another death we end up caring about. Like that. It is a. Um, it's yeah, such a brutal scene on the beach with the with everything it's like she just gets run over and everything like that it's proper like it's still still quite like i mean even as like an adult it's still quite like because it's like there it's nice visceral yeah yeah it is quite visceral so who would you recast um so what's his name um the guy from die hard with the long blonde hair oh what, what the villain yeah Oh, that guy. Oh, what's what's, uh, what's his name? The actor. Oh, I forgot his name. Sorry, I'll just look it up. It's Alexander something. Gudenov uh, or something. Yeah, Alexander Gudenov. Yeah. Gudenov. Gudenov. Yeah, I put Alexander Gudenov in the in the Kriegler part. <laughs> Asian Dawn. I read about it in Time magazine. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, what are we? What are our? What's our position on Bambi or whatever she's called? The the American. Oh, BB. Uh, skater. Um. Bit annoying. Yeah, unnecessary character, really. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I like the fact that he doesn't sleep with her because then it shows like, oh, Bond has. A, a... But also, that would be fucking creepy because she's like twenty. Yeah, or teenager or something like that. Yeah, right. I'm probably giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, you get dressed and I'll go buy you an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um. So who's who would you recast? Uh. I mean, I like Topple, but if they couldn't get Topple, it would be it'd be interesting if they got someone like Anthony Quinn to play Milos Colombo. <laughs> like like Zorba the Greek, yeah, fair enough. Um, that would be cool, actually. Um, all right, and, and maybe uh, like I don't know, just have like some weird if they got like Gregory Peck to play Christatos, and then just have like some Guns of Navarone kind of reunion or something like that. I think Gregory Peck would have been a good Christatos, actually. Um, what uh, is the stupidest bit of this film? <laughs> You can choose uh, from two. I th- I don't know. I think the beginning sequence is pretty stupid. I don't know. Just the whole bit, like a vicar comes out of nowhere and says, "Like, oh, Mr. Bond, I'm glad I found you. Your office has called for you. You're in needed. Uh, they've sent a helicopter." And then he does this whole, like, you know, in Arte some Patras or whatever the fuck it is. And the, the, that's cool. Like everything up to the point where it's revealed that it's Blofeld is cool. Like he's visiting his wife. It feels pregnant with like, ooh, something's gonna happen. And yeah. you know, he does the sign of the cross. Uh, which is what you were trying to say in your <laughs> glitching before some strange like yeah um uh, anyway um that you speak like um sometimes like someone is, is like shouted into their phone and gotten the phone to speak back to them <laughs> like, you know when you do dictation and the phone is like seven apple 29 <laughs> oh thank you for that yeah. yeah go to shop buy food for socks <laughs> And um, I don't know what the, that means. <laughs> I know, yeah. I don't, yeah, I can't say that. Um, um, come, come, the Mr. time Bond. in Constantinople is uh, what is the um, yeah. So where was I talking about the the man? The, the vicar does the cool thing, and then it's yeah. Blofeld. Yeah. So that is that's definitely the stupidest bit of the film. I will go uh, the, the second stupidest bit, which is the Margaret Thatcher scene, which we've discussed. Yeah, apparently they. I think it was Janet Brown and John Wells. They that was their 
they were comedians and that was their thing impersonating you know margaret thatcher and her husband that was that that was great yeah i mean that's really gonna age like casting comedians who are at best locally famous in the uk and you know in expecting them to be in a i mean this is the, the other the other problem with the roger moore films is they don't seem to have any sense of the fact that the bond films are going to be rewatched like time and time again yeah and no one's going to remember those i mean no offense i'm sure they've had you know were really talented but like it's not people aren't going to be able to make the connection and be like oh it's those two comedians um they're just gonna be like why is more attention in this movie um what is the best bit for you uh i like the bit where they're dragged in the water after they get captured i quite like that bit it's actually quite well done you know with the sharks and everything when they get dragged around the reefs and things like that yeah it's an interesting um it's again one of those bond film bond villain things where it's like would it just not be easier to shoot them and they they lose a guy like he gets eaten yeah, by sharks <laughs> and they're just like eh. yeah, it's <laughs> they're fine. Bond. They're you dead. Know, and they don't really they don't really bother to check it's, it's, it's like dead. it's like they're scared of blood it's like oh i can't like be in the room when this happens it's like in austin powers it's like why do you put them in a room with one guy just go in there bam shoot him who's okay zip it yeah exactly it's, um no, that is good um i do really enjoy the um I, the, the ski chase which is so prolonged it feels like it feels like they've really gone back to a couple of um, of the older 60s Bond films in terms of their influences on this. And yeah. I feel there's so much on Her Majesty's Secret Service in the winter scenes. Yeah, it um, is. But yeah, so the ski chase in general is just, um, is just really fun. Um, so I'd go with that. Cool. I think, my, I think if I was going to choose another I think it's the bit, if I was going to choose another scene that I like, I like the scene where he's climbing up the mountain and then the guy who says, that's impossible, even for a computer where he's trying to kick the the, the rope down from him. I, th- I like that sequence because it's just, it looks real and the fact that they had someone on the side of a cliff like doing that stuff. Yeah, and the shoelace thing is really cool and yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. I, I like the sort of commitment in this film to be um, less reliant on gadgets and special effects and more and go back in a sort of more basic direction. Um, and then they kind yeah. of shot themselves in the foot with Octopussy a few years later. Mm, yeah, the I said about that. The I, think the th- I think the problem with like, the Roger Moore films is like they have this thing where it's like if one film doesn't work, then they just try something a little bit different the next time. And then it really is successful. Like Spy Who Loved Me was really successful and they found a formula that works. Then they did Moonraker and added a bunch of Star Wars stuff to it and it was a little bit like, huh? And then they did Four Hours Only Again, which took a bit more of a greedy approach. And they still like, oh, okay, this works. Okay, let's... Then Then they did Octopus and A View to a Kill. And then they had a little bit of a reboot with the Dalton era. But like, it just it just seems like they just... I don't They're know. just thrashing around in the Roger Moore era. They never, they never string two good films together in a row. No, they didn't. It's just like they just, they just, miss, the, they just miss the dunk a little bit. Which, uh, so what are we, what are we giving this movie? I would say close, I would say three and a half for, yeah, three and a half, four martinis for me. Yeah, I'd say, I'm going to give it three, four martinis, but the fourth martini, someone has had a sip of it and taken the olive away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my, it's, it's, it's a good, uh, I, I always look forward to rewatching this despite the, the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. And it was also the first time where they actually had the singer in the title sequence. Bad song, bad plan. I don't like that. I don't like, basically the first 15 minutes of this film suck. 
Uh, and it's amazing that they pull it back because I don't like the fact that she's in the credit sequence. I don't like the song. Um, Yeah. It was nominated for an Oscar and at the performance. How? Maybe it's just me. I think a lot of people like the song. Maybe it's my problem. No, I, I, I think the song is all right. They, it was actually quite funny. I haven't actually seen. I don't know if there's actual footage of this, but she performed it at the Oscars, and there was this whole like big thing where people would be like, you know, doing dancing and stunts and stuff behind her and stuff like they usually do at the Oscars and like bit performance art and and stuff. And they had Richard Keel. And the guy who played Odd Job on the stage as well, well Harold Sakata, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot his name. But um, no, they did actually think about having Richard Keel as Jaws in this film, and then they realised this is a bit too. Thank God they didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's a bit too serious. So let's not have Richard Keel in the film as much, even as even though we do like him. Well, let's let's discuss that next time. <laughs> well, here's to us. <laughs> All right, for your eyes only, let's get out of here. Yeah, so, well, that concludes another episode of Bond Backwards. Do check back with us next time to uh, hear us get through <laughs> Moonraker. I will say this, by way of preview. Moonraker isn't as bad as I remembered it when I rewatched it recently, but it's still got a lot of problems. Yes, it does. It's got a double-take pigeon. I'll leave it at that. Let's just get out of here, only is good everyone go watch it yeah. again if you haven't seen it in a while i think you'll be pleasantly surprised yeah if you want to like just watch all the roger moore films stop at four eyes only and then just go straight to living daylights and you'll be you'll be much pleased yeah so yep that concludes another episode i fernandez holmes give us a kiss <laughs> give us a kiss <laughs> also the okay i mean just to get back to it the parrot hears where the bad guys are going oh yeah he's like, ah, secret church ah. <laughs> it's like then the film is over if the parrot wasn't in the room and he heard it. That's just kind of... They should have killed the parrot. <laughs> they should have dragged the parrot behind the boat. It's like, just like, just hold the parrot and then like a shark comes up and eats it. It's like, ah, try and find us now, Melina. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Bye. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, 007. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? Oh, he had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed Mr. Bond. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bond. But wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. Mm-hmm.